Morning Church. Our scripture is from Acts 2, verses 1 to 3. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came in from heaven and filled the whole house that they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now there were staying in Jerusalem God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard the sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment, because each one heard their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked, Aren't all these who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears in our own native tongue? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judah, Cappadocia, Pontus, and Asia, Phrygia and uh, Pamphylia, Egypt, and parts of Libya near Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs. Uh, we hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. Amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, What does this mean? Some, however, made fun of them and said, They've had too much wine. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. continuing in our series about the Holy Spirit and where the Holy Spirit moves and and how the Holy Spirit empowers us to live our life in Christ and what that looks like. And so I invite you as we've over the last two weeks and into this third week, we've been doing an introduction really. It's a really long introduction uh, to what the Holy Spirit is and how we see the Holy Spirit operating within the Bible. And so two weeks ago, we looked at the Old Testament and I'd encourage you if you hadn't heard that to go uh, to our podcast or Facebook page, and you can hear that sermon. And then last week we talked about how the Holy Spirit operated and worked within Jesus. And we recognize that the Holy Spirit is the one who is an agent of creation, that he is the builder of community and the empowerment for us or for God's people to do the things that have been in God's heart and mind from the beginning. And that he's the one who helps us do those things. And last week, at the very end, we recognized that Jesus says to his disciples, if I don't go, I cannot give you the advocate, the helper. I cannot send to you the Holy Spirit. Because Holy Spirit had been walking with Jesus, who was 100% man, walking with Jesus, empowering him to do the things that he was doing in this beautiful dance of the Trinity, which we really is hard to explain, and you can use ice cubes and all sorts of things, but none of it really comes close to the magnificence of what it is. And then we jump to this day of Pentecost. And it kind of reminds me of when I used to sell homes. Uh, So when I used to sell homes in the States, um, there were model homes that were built and we wanted people to come in. And so one of the ways that, in particular when the market wasn't great, you needed to get people's attention so that they would know there were new homes. And so you would have banners up, much like the, the, the feathers here, they would be streaming all across the model homes and from light poles to light poles and light poles. But one of the the biggest things that we were responsible to do every day when we got there was to take out this gigantic fan and put it on the ground and run the extension cord back to our office and then we would Velcro on this plastic thing and we would then go back and we would turn it on. And it would do something like this. 
<laughs> this big, gigantic, fake person that was bright yellow. But it only had power if the wind was blowing through it. It only it just laid there flat and did nothing. Like if we'd have just left it there like that and our bosses would have driven by, or we would have gotten in big trouble. I got in trouble anyway, but we would have gotten in big trouble. Right? Until we allowed the wind to fill it up, until we turned it on and allowed it did nothing. It just laid there flat. But then when the wind comes, when that fan is turning, it fills itself up, and to be honest, it looks somewhat silly, or like they've had too much wine. When we move into what the Holy Spirit is doing in the New Testament, how we see it operating and acting, is we begin to recognize that the Holy Spirit has moved from the way that it operated in the Old Testament where it would fall or come into or empower certain people for certain tasks at certain times. Then Jesus, who was our example, is our way, and is the one who lived life perfectly empowered by the Holy Spirit in order for us to live following after him. Gives forth the Holy Spirit, not just to the apostles, but to everyone who believes. says, this is no longer going to be about just certain moments at certain times to accomplish certain purposes. This is now about, I have come, I have brought new humanity, I am operating in a way that allows you to move, and I'm going to empower that through Holy Spirit so that you can walk in my way. So that you can walk in the way that I purposefully, before the foundation of the world, through God the Father, hovered over by the Holy Spirit, spoken forth by the word of Jesus, made creation to be. And you're now going to be able to do that because you are empowered and gifted with the Holy Spirit. Now the hard thing about gifts and being gifted something is sometimes it's something we don't want. Have you ever gotten a gift you don't want? What do you do with that gift? You re-gift it. Or you put it in a drawer and save it for when the person who did gift it to you comes over. So you can put those socks on so that they can see them and know that you care very much about them and respect the present that they've given. Sometimes we receive gifts that we don't want. I think the danger with the Holy Spirit is sometimes we don't want the Holy Spirit. We don't want to have some empowerment that takes the control out of us being the ones that decide and discern what we're going to do for Jesus. How we're going to live forth for him. And we say this gift that's coming, that's great, uh, but I'll just use it when I need it. When I desire it. I don't need it to come into me like that you know, false man. He had no control. There was no way he could stop that wind blowing into him and making him flip around once it started. The same is true for believers. The same is true for believers. When the Holy Spirit comes, the Holy Spirit begins to move and work within us. And we cannot stop that movement. 
We can attempt to. But in doing that, then we quench and we, we cause the Father to say, stop. I have power for you. The, the second thing that happens with gifts often is because we didn't pay anything for it, because it's not something we invested in, uh, we neglect it. Or we cheat it, treat it poorly. Uh, because it's not something that we were like, this is mine. I bought this. I, I had to work hard for this. But when we um, work with our daughters to determine uh, a gift for them, Sometimes, as they've gotten older, we've said, we'll pay half and you pay half. And particularly if it's something that's cost a lot more money. It's amazing that those are the things that they keep track of much differently than the things that we just buy for them. I think that means there's some clothes and eyeglassware and other things that I should start having them all pay for. Because I get tired of going, where are those at? But they didn't buy them. And so they don't matter as much. That's a problem with a gift for us as humans because we receive this free and clear. We, we actually do nothing to receive the Holy Spirit except believe. And so we have to go into this, recognizing how the Holy Spirit is moving, knowing that at the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit didn't just become upon the apostles, that then, after that, and you'll notice in your, in your um, worship booklets, I have several passages from Acts for you to consider this week, where we see the Holy Spirit coming on those that believe. They come to belief, and the Holy Spirit is present. Most of the time, after baptism. There's one time that happens before baptism. In the case of Acts 10, verses 44 through 48, we see Cornelius coming to faith and the Holy Spirit falls on him before baptism. We begin to recognize in the story of Acts, as John Stott puts it in the title of his commentary, Acts is the story of the Spirit, the church, and the world. That the Holy Spirit begins to move and operate in every believer, every person who has been bought and claimed by Jesus, every person that desires and believes and calls out Jesus' name, they are then filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, just as an aside, and as we go further in this series and we begin to talk in a couple of weeks about how then the Holy Spirit empowers us to live, recognize that there are those that believe when we read things that happen in the Acts, in the book of Acts, that there is baptism and then there's the giving of the Holy Spirit, and those are separate things. That you get baptized and then you receive the Holy Spirit. And, and that's something we should attain to. That's something we should go for. That's something we should work to is that baptism of the Holy Spirit. Understand that when you read Acts, that's not the pattern. That's not the thing that happens there. That the Holy Spirit is present at belief. In fact, in the, in, in the case of Cornelius, the Holy Spirit is what is causing belief to happen. Is moving in that way. And so there's this idea that there's a second blessing that's there. It is all one and the same blessing. Salvation means Holy Spirit. If you have the Holy Spirit, that means salvation has come. 
You can't have the Holy Spirit without salvation. And after salvation, you will not live your life without the Holy Spirit. It's not something that you have to work for or attain. It's that gift. Even though we might care for it more if we did have to work for it. What we recognize in the book of Acts is that the Holy Spirit moves. And it empowers movement to take place. That's the reason why John Stott titled his commentary that. Because without the Holy Spirit moving, without the Holy Spirit coming into the, then the, then, then the church would not have spread. Then things would not have moved. Had the, had the apostles been just left with their memories and their desires to serve Jesus, ultimately their fear would grab a hold of them and they wouldn't be able to continue forward. Why do we know that? We know that because right after the crucifixion, what do they do? They run and they hide. They don't want to be caught or called out. These aren't guys that as soon as Jesus died, they were like, yes, now we get to go proclaim. Now it's on us. Now it's our job. They were like, I don't want to do that. I don't want to get caught. But after spending time with the resurrected Jesus, and he promises to them, you will have the Holy Spirit. And when the Holy Spirit arrives, they cannot help but look foolish. They cannot help but stand up and proclaim. They cannot help but walk in the way. Why? Because all of a sudden they got believed? No, because the Holy Spirit empowered them to move in that direction. Now, Sinclair Ferguson would have a beef to pick with John Stott a little bit. Sinclair Ferguson wrote a book about the theology of the Holy Spirit. And in it, he makes the point that what we see happening in Acts is not a movement of the Holy Spirit as much as it is a continuation of Jesus doing ministry. Well, why is that? Because we are the body of Christ. Because it's those who are in Christ that are doing the work. And so just as Jesus was empowered by Holy Spirit to do the things he did, so too then we are empowered by Holy Spirit to continue the ministry of Jesus that he started so many years ago. That because the Holy Spirit has come in and is operating and has walked with Jesus, he now walks with Jesus continually in his body that is left here to be the example and the one who brings about God's peace and shalom. That says this is the kingdom of God that has come and we all represent it in our ambassadors. We are the ones who walk in that place with it. And sometimes we want to do it all on our own. And that's where we begin to then say, well, walking in the way of the Lord is hard and difficult. And it is. It's narrow, Jesus tells us. And so I might need to tweak this a little bit so I can continue to walk in it. And some of us don't want to walk in the way of the Lord. Because it looks so different than the way we want to live. But for those of us who believe, who have been saved and given the Holy Spirit, just like the apostles standing up, there is no option for us. 
I encourage you to read through those passages in the book of Acts and, and go further and just look. Where is the Holy Spirit being found? And what you'll recognize is the Holy Spirit is moving them forward. Always bringing about glory to Christ. Always walking where belief is present. And then empowering them to live in that way. Most of the rest of the New Testament was written by a guy named Paul. And Paul himself mentions the Holy Spirit about 145 times throughout all of his books. And in writing about the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, he lists out multiple things that he is. Uh, one, as he says, just like Jesus did, he's an advocate or a paraclete, a helper, a comforter that comes around us, to walks with us, to, to give us courage and strength. He also reminds us that, that in Romans, that, that the Spirit is the one who tells us and reminds us of who we are in Jesus. Testifying to us. More than that, gives us the ability to cry out to God. And more than that, prays for us when we can't pray. Walking with Jesus as the advocate for us, saying, this is, these are your people, God. These are the ones you have called and saved. And the Holy Spirit is like, yes, there is people, and I'm going to empower them to call you Father. Paul reminds us that the Spirit is a gift that is given to us in Corinthians. And more than that, says it empowers us to do things that God has laid out before the foundations of the world for us to do. That there are places where it takes our natural proclivities, our natural gifting, and turns it away from getting glory and honor for ourselves so that glory and honor can be given to Christ. And at the same time, there are moments and times for each and every one of us who are believers that the Holy Spirit will empower us to do something completely outside of who we are. The first one being believe that you needed to be saved. Paul goes on and just reminds us over and over again this great gift of the Holy Spirit is present to you, washing you. And then goes one step further and says, by having it, it is a deposit of your inheritance. When you begin to walk in the Holy Spirit, trusting that you are guided by something that is not beyond you, but is resting deeply in who you are, because you are now as Colossians, which I'll go back to over and over again, reminds us that our life is in Christ. It is only there because of what Christ has done and because Holy Spirit secures it for us as a deposit of the inheritance that we receive. And that inheritance isn't like some big mansion in the sky. That inheritance is a whole, true, right relationship with the God of the universe who his deepest desire is to be in that relationship with you. Throughout the New Testament, the Holy Spirit is brought to us as the life giver. The one who takes us from darkness into light. The one who takes us from death into life. 
that once we've been saved, the Holy Spirit is the one that says, this is how saved operates. This is how saved looks. And it does it by doing internal things and external things. It does it by speaking and reminding us of who we are and also proclaiming out loud through our actions about how great God is. It's simply amazing that too often we believe our lives is one without the power shut into it. That it's shut off. And we're laying there wondering why am I struggling so much? For those of you who are in Christ, I want to remind you you have a power that is not just for you but it is for the world. It is in you so that you will draw people to Christ. It is present so that you will know who you are completely. It is there giving you the ability to walk in the way of Jesus, which though it is narrow, it is life abundant. So that you can walk in that way and bring attention, proclaiming in praise and worship a mighty God who longs to save the world, who longs to save his. And so my hope is that the next four sermons, five sermons that we do, will help us see that the switch is not in the off position that is already on, and we already have the wind of God. But it just reminds me of John's Pentecost day. In the book of John, at the very end, we see him tell what Pentecost looked like. He says that his disciples were gathered together, and he looks at them, and he says, I'm leaving. He turns to the very end of the book of John, 20. Verses 19 through 22. And he says, On that evening of the first day of the week, when the disciples were together with the doors locked and for fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. And after he had said this, he showed them his hands inside, and the disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. And again Jesus said, Peace be with you. As my Father sent me, I am sending you. And with that he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, their sins are forgiven. And if you do, don't forgive them, they are not forgiven. Now that's wacky and out there. We could spend another 30 minutes on that. I can talk to you later about that. But what Jesus does is he breathes on them and says, receive the Holy Spirit. It's just a reminder to us that in our receiving of Jesus, he receives us and gives us that power of the Holy Spirit. So that is the Holy Spirit like this, looking at the scripture so that we can go further as we look over the next few weeks. Let me pray for us. God, if there's anything that I have said today that's not from you, take it away. But if it is from you, let it reach deep into our hearts, find fertile soil, and bear fruit 
to bring about belief, to bring about glory to your name, and to do things that you long for us to do. Thank you, empowering us through Holy Spirit. It's in your name we pray. Amen.